Hey, good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today at Bible Baptist Church. And I hope this, uh, again, will be a help to you and something that you can uh, use to further your life along in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I hope you'll take your Bibles with me and turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time, and I want you just to think a little bit this morning and try to imagine something with me. And that might be a little hard for you um, in the morning, but hopefully you'll be able to uh, jump in with me here. Uh, But imagine with me that tomorrow you go to work, and you're there, you're busily working hard and uh, getting your job done, and this stranger, complete stranger, walks up to you and says, hey, I want you to come and work for me. And you look at them and go, okay. First of all, who are you, right? Like, what's your name? Like, let's start with the basics. And, and then secondly, you naturally ask the question, well, what does your company do? Like, what, what are we going to do? And the, the person explains, well, it's actually pretty hard to explain. I'm not sure that I can just do it right here and right now. Um, it's actually something you've never heard of before. And actually, you know, the easiest thing to do is just come and I'll explain it to you on the way. <laughs> right? Okay. And you're feeling a little like, what in the world? And then, you know, you ask the typical questions, right? What are the hours? Well, it's actually 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And already you're like, oh my word, this guy's crazy. All right. Next question is, what, how's the pay? Like, what, what are you paying me? And he's like, well, I can't pay you right now. Right? Like, there's, there's nothing to give you right now. I promise you, I'll give it to you later in the future sometime, but like nothing right away. I, I promise you'll get some money. Now, let me ask you seriously. If that happens tomorrow at work, how are you feeling about this opportunity? Probably not the most exciting, most uh, frugal event that you've ever been in, but the oppor- opportunity has arisen, Right? And here's the reality is opportunities come and opportunities go. And to be, to be honest, most of us in this situation will just choose comfort, right? Like we, we work in a job. We may not love our job. Uh, we may not even like our job. But the reality is most of us are like looking at this situation going, why in the world would I ever do that? Why in the world would I ever work 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Why in the world would I not get paid right away? I don't even know who this person is. I don't even know what we're doing. And he wants me to just drop what I'm doing and go work. No, absolutely no way. Most of us will choose comfort. Most of us will choose security, okay? I already have a job that I am paying my bills with or I'm at least close to paying my bills with, right? So we, we, we have these security things and we want to maintain them. Most of us hardly ever want to step out of our comfort zone. That's just the reality. Even if we have a good opportunity, most of us don't want to step out of our comfort zone. Uh, Can you imagine what your family would say if you uh, took a job like this? Uh, (laughs) They would probably say something like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing your life away? Uh, We didn't raise you this way for you to just give up everything. Um, If you're in the family business, you can't leave the family business, right? Like, it doesn't make sense for anyone to do that. A change, any change, especially unknown change, which would be this situation, is hard. Change, especially unknown change, is hard. And as I said before, most of us don't want to change. 
most of us don't want to change. We fear change. We fear the unknown. Most of us want to remain where we feel comfortable, where we feel secure. And again, some of us have ambition. Some of us get out there and we want to try new things. And, but the reality is even those people still have some reserve and they do things slowly and methodically and they don't take major risks. They take calculated risks, right? Because we want to maintain comfort and we want to maintain security. But our stories today focus on simply two words. Two words. Two words that change the life of several men. Two words spoken by Jesus Christ that literally change the course of the world. Literally. Two words so incredibly full of meaning and so incredibly powerful that it could change the course of our world today. And you're like, okay, what in the world are these two words? What in the world? The two words spoken by Jesus are simply this, follow me. The two words spoken by Jesus that changed the world, that changed the lives of men, that could potentially change the world today are simply two words, follow me. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 4. Look with me in verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible says this, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Verse 19, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Watch this now. And they straightway left their nets, and followed him. Okay, so literally I want you to, that, that, that thing that I just talked to you about, that predicament, that, that, that opportunity that was just presented to you at work tomorrow, right? It's hypothetical, I understand. But that's exactly what happened here in the Bible. Peter and Andrew are fishers. This is their occupation. And they're at work one day. Okay, and they're working. And this stranger, again, we don't know if they knew who he was. We don't know anything. We just, this is the first time that they are mentioned. This is the first time that Jesus walks up to them. And what are the two words that Jesus says? Follow me. Basically saying, hey, come work for me. And again, what, what, are, what, what does this entail, right? And honestly, this might seem a little odd to you, okay? Because in North America, we don't have this stuff happen. But in first century Israel, this was an extremely common practice. Many times a rabbi would have people come to him and, and ask him if they could follow him. So people would come to a rabbi, hey rabbi, can I follow you? Can I become like you? Can I spend my time with you? And what would happen is this rabbi would then evaluate this person, whether this person had the potential to follow him. Other times, a rabbi would walk up to somebody who had potential, who they had watched, who they had looked at and, and almost vetted in their own minds and say, listen, would you please follow me? And this is what Jesus is doing. So this rabbi, which Jesus had already watched them, had already determined that they have potential of following him. And so he walks up to Peter and Andrew and he says, follow me. And so they understand, and again, maybe Jesus was dressed in rabbinical clothes. Maybe they had heard him teaching before. All I know is this. He walks up to them, says two words, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Okay? 
And then he says, and the Bible says that they left their nets. They walk away from everything that they had ever known. Now again, I don't know Peter and Andrew's father. I'm assu- we assume that he was a fisherman. We don't know that. But can you imagine what in the world just happened? My, my workforce just left me. But let's ask this question. What did it mean to follow a rabbi? To follow a rabbi, again, this is historical. To follow a rabbi meant total commitment. Total commitment. It meant total devotion to becoming like that rabbi. Now, now stop there. Think about that. It meant total devotion to becoming like that rabbi. You were literally with that rabbi 24-7. You didn't go to school and, and be there for six, seven hours a day and learn a few things and then go home. No, no, no. You followed that rabbi everywhere he went. You were with him all the time. To follow a rabbi meant spending your time listening and observing everything the teacher taught and did. So as you're walking along, as you're talking, as you're spending time with him, you're learning from him. You're asking him questions. The, the followers of a rabbi were there to be with him. They were there to ask him questions. They were there to be asked questions. They were there to be taught. They were there to be tested. And the whole goal was for them to someday become just like that rabbi. Follow me, quote, meant you were to become just like that rabbi. Follow me meant become just like me. Now I know, maybe that that doesn't equate for you, but that was a normal practice in first century Israel. And so Jesus approaches these fishermen. Now notice, Jesus approaches these fishermen. Notice again, Jesus approaches these fishermen. Why are you saying that so many times? Because I want you to understand that Jesus knew that these men could become like him. That was the whole point of the rabbi approaching people. Jesus knew that these men had the potential to become like him. By the way, this is not the only time Jesus said these words. In fact, if you'll jump down a little bit in the same verse, in the same passage, excuse me, we looked at verse 20, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Now, the Bible doesn't exactly explicitly say that he said, follow me, but he called them, watch, and they immediately left the ship and their father, and what? Followed him. The same exact thing is happening. So now, now we know that the father is in the boat. The sons of Zebedee are called by Jesus Christ to follow him. And look at the word, they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Jump over to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, the writer of the book of Matthew writes an autobiography of when he was called. Matthew chapter 9 
in verse 9, the Bible says, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. He was a tax collector. And he saith unto him, Follow me. Watch now. And he, being Matthew, arose and followed him. I want you to understand, Jesus is going to these people. He goes to Peter and Andrew, follow me. He's going to John and James, follow me. He goes to Matthew, we find in another place that he's also called Levi, follow me. And all of these men, guess what they do? They stop what they're doing and they get up and they follow him. John chapter 1 and verse 43. John chapter 1 and verse 43 this is a man by the name of Philip. John chapter 1 and verse 43. The Bible says this. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip. And saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Okay, So same area. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw, and it goes on. And Nathanael now comes. Listen, Jesus came to Philip and says, Follow me. And Philip does. And he goes, finds his buddy Nathanael and says, Come on, we found the man. Come follow him. Literally, Jesus is walking around to people working already in an occupation and says, I want you to drop what you're doing and I want you to come follow me. Come follow me. Now let me just stop right here. And I believe that if this is so important. I don't believe there was anything innately special about these guys. They were just ordinary, everyday, hardworking individuals. In fact, some say, and we find out through the Bible, that, that they, they, they were looked down upon. They were almost the lower of society, specifically Matthew as a tax collector. The Jews hated tax collectors because they had basically sold their souls to the Roman government. Hey, the Roman government is taking our money, and you, as a Jew, are going to take your Jewish brother's money for the Romans. Man, you had sold your soul. So these were not like the prime religious students of the day. In fact, we believe that they were young men. Young. I, I mean, we believe maybe in their early 20s. Again, we don't know for sure, but I want you to understand this. We don't believe that there was anything innately special about this, these men. The difference with Jesus, though, listen to me, don't miss this. The difference with Jesus is he is the one who does the heavy lifting. Most people think, and we'll get to this in just a minute. Let me, let me go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Like, I, I don't know, they might not be my favorite verses, but they're one of my favorite verses. But Jesus literally says this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And what does he say? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He's basically saying, follow me. Why? For I am meek and I am lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He's saying this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So with any other rabbi, man, you got to do the work. You got to be there. You got to follow him. You got to learn. He is the teacher. You are the student. You have to do, and you have to have the potential. Man, you better have character. You better have character, right? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. There is something special about Jesus. Jesus does the heavy lifting. Jesus was different than any other rabbi. Jesus knew these men had the potential to become like him because they were following him. Not because they had anything special in him. Listen to this. Most people think that in order to follow Jesus, we have to become monks and we have to isolate ourselves from everyone else and never again see the light of day. Some of us think that if I become a follower of Jesus Christ, I have to do more. If I become a follower of Jesus Christ, I have to, I have to give up everything. If I'm going to truly be his disciple, I have to just put aside everything that I'm currently doing. Listen to me. This is not necessarily true. This is not necessarily true, but I want you to understand this. Simply following Jesus. Let me, listen, don't miss this. Simply following Jesus will transform your life. Simply following. No, no, no. I didn't say do more. I didn't say toss aside everything. I didn't say give up what you're currently doing. Stop your job. I didn't say any of that. Listen, just follow Jesus. Here's the reality is, when you follow Jesus, you are not doing anything. Listen, don't miss this, please. When you are following Jesus, you are not doing anything. He is doing everything. Here's the reality. You just have to be willing. You just have to be willing. I want you to notice. Notice, go back to Matthew chapter 4. Notice what he says to Peter and Andrew in Matthew chapter 4. Look at verse 19. Okay, so he says, follow me, right? And he saith unto them, follow me. Watch now. And I will make you fishers of men. They were already fishermen, right? They were, that was their occupation. And so Jesus ironically and kind of quips to them and says, hey guys, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Stop there for a second. Who's doing the work? Who's doing the work? The reality is Jesus is doing the work. Jesus says, I will make you. I will make you. You are not doing anything. Jesus is doing the transforming. Jesus is the one who's going to change you. Jesus is the one who's going to make you a better father. Jesus is the one who's going to make you a better coworker. Jesus is the one who's going to make you a better wife. Jesus is the one who's going to make you a better husband. Jesus is the one who's going to make you better. He's going to transform your life. Listen, follow me. Most of us think, okay, well, I just, I got to read my Bible more. I got to pray more. And I got I to gotta make sure I live right. And I got to make sure I do these things. Listen, stop. Two words. Follow me. Just follow me. Just follow Jesus. Follow him. Learn of him. Spend time with him. This begs the question then. This begs the question, 
what does success look like as a follower of Jesus Christ? Again, we call followers of Jesus Christ disciples. So what does success look like as a follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you how I have defined success. And, and this is probably similar to something that you, how you would define it. I would define success as a follower of Jesus Christ as thousands and thousands of people coming to our church. Thousands and thousands of people joining in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, can you imagine? In fact, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that there were thousands of people coming to Jesus Christ. We believe that 3,000 people were saved in one day. Man, wow, what a follower of Jesus. That's success as a follower of Jesus Christ. What about uh, 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 starting, starting a Bible college? Starting a Bible college, would, would, would that be success? Having the biggest church in the region or in the country, is that success? Oh, I've discipled all of these other people. I've, I, I am now a rabbi and I'm starting to teach all the, is that success? Becoming a teacher or a preacher, a missionary, giving your life and saying, I'm going to work for Christ. Is that success? Let me ask you, how do you define success as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Let me radically change your world, I hope, as it's radically changed my world. Listen, write this down. Success in Jesus Christ. Success is becoming like Jesus, period. Success is becoming like Jesus. And every single one of us, me included, oh my goodness, me included, I want numbers. <laughs> we measure success by numbers. We measure success in how well we do. Listen, if you think that I get up here every week and I don't measure my success, how well I did, listen, I do it every week. But success is not necessarily just external. Success is becoming like Jesus. A success for a disciple of Christ is becoming like him. That's the whole goal of following Jesus. And so you're asking, I hope you're asking yourself the question, how do I become like Jesus? How, how is this accomplished? Again, this is circular reasoning, but understand it can only be done through following him. When you come to Jesus and you follow him, he will do the transforming. Okay, so what does this exactly look like in 21st century Christianity? What does it look like to follow Jesus? Again, I want to be very, very honest with you. Okay? It often, as we look at this Bible passage, this is what we think. I have to leave my job and I have to go study the Bible for my entire life. Okay? That may be attractive to you. That may not. That's attractive to me. I enjoy studying the Bible. Okay? That may not be attractive to you. That may not be what God has called you to do. Okay? For, for some of you, when we read these passages, you look and you go, man, they left their father. 
and in other places we, we find, and, and listen, I want you to understand, we're going to spend some time through this, not just this week, but next week as well. Man, they left their father. Oh, I have to leave my family behind. Okay? They were physically following Jesus to physical locations, watching Jesus do physical things. Listen, they were literally following Jesus. But what is it? That was first century Israel. What does it look like to follow Jesus in 21st century North America? Okay? Number one, and this is the only point I'm going to give you today. This is what it looks like. It looks like changing your target. Change your target. Look with me in Matthew chapter 4 again in verse 20. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Look at verse 22. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Instead of looking at this from a literal, literal perspective, which by the way, the Bible is literal, but we have to apply this to our lives. I want you to understand, these men left their ships, their nets, their family. Again, this doesn't mean that you have to leave everything behind, but listen to me. It means you have to change your target. Up until this point, the goal, the target of Peter and Andrew, James and John, was to catch as many fish as they possibly could. It was their livelihood. They had to provide money. They had to provide food for their family. Their goals were to maintain their equipment. We see them mending nets. Okay, so we understand that, that these guys are mending nets, maintaining their equipment, make sure their ships are in good to go. Listen, their target was to progress and grow the family business. That was their target. But listen to me, in a moment, their target changed. And that caused them to do some extreme things. We understand that, we get that. But listen to me, here's the problem. The main concern in my life, in my life and probably in yours, is that we have, we all have a target, we all have a goal of becoming more successful in our culture. Oh my goodness, let me say that again. The main concern is that we all have the target of becoming more successful in our culture. We want more followers on social media. We want more likes. We want more popularity. We want more shares. We want more comfort. We want more freedom. We want more entertainment. We want more of what our culture has to offer. I'm putting myself in that boat. We want more of what our culture has to offer. But here's the reality. If that's true, that means that our target is not Jesus. We're not shooting for him. We are not following him. We are not looking at him. We are not concentrated on him. We are not focused on him. We are focused on all of these external aspects. Again, having more followers, having more likes, having more views, having all of these different things. We want more comfort, more freedom, more, more, more of what I want. And that's the reality is our target is not Jesus Christ. Our target is our culture. Now, there will be several of you that will stop me and say this. Pastor Yomas, I, I take time for God every single day. I take time with 
for my relationship with God every single day. And I'll be honest with you, I applaud you for that. That's spectacular. But there are many that don't do that. But truthfully, even if you do spend time with God, you have devotions, you read your Bible every day, you pray every day, right? Which, which we think, wow, you are a spectacular Christian if you do that every day. Stop, hold on a second. Let me ask you truthfully, answer this question truthfully. What is your target in life? Your whole goal. What is your target? Answer truthfully. What is your target? A disciple of Jesus Christ is just that. A disciple of Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, I love outdoors. I love hunting and fishing. Get, guess what I'm a disciple of? I'm a disciple of learning how to hunt and fish better. And some of you are disciples of, you know, I mean, you fill in the blank. A disciple of Jesus Christ is just that, a disciple of Jesus Christ. So listen, a disciple of Jesus Christ might be on social media in the 21st century. But I want you to understand that a, a disciple's entire goal is to learn and point people to Jesus Christ. So, no, do you have to get off social media to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. But what your goal should be is to learn and to point other people to Christ. A disciple of Jesus Christ might have an ordinary, everyday job. But his goal is to learn of Jesus Christ and to point others to him. A disciple of Christ might even have children. But his goal in life is to learn of Jesus Christ and to point other people to him. A disciple of Jesus Christ might go on vacation, but his goal is to learn of Christ. A disciple of Christ might spend the day at the splash pad, but his goal is to learn of Jesus Christ and to point other people to Jesus Christ. A disciple of Jesus Christ might go to community college and take courses on how to be a better plumber. But listen, his goal is to learn about Jesus Christ and to point other people to him. A disciple of Christ might be retired. But listen, his goal is to learn of Jesus Christ and to point other people to him. A disciple of Jesus Christ looks like an ordinary person, but they're just a follower of Jesus. Listen to me, write this down. Jesus never called us to stop living. Write this down. Jesus never called us to stop living. He called us to simply live with him. And Paul says it this way, I die daily. We're going to get into this, okay? We're going to get into this. Dying daily is not giving, just die, killing yourself. It's a change of target. I am, not I am no longer going to self-indulge. I am going to self-deny. Because my target is different. My target is no longer what I want and what I want from the culture. My target is Jesus Christ. 
A disciple of Jesus Christ in the 21st century does all of the things that everybody else does to some extent. But their goal, their only goal, their target, what they're shooting for is to learn more about Jesus Christ and to point other people to him. My question to you today is this, very simply. What portion of your life have you not followed Jesus? What portion of your life have you not followed Jesus? Following Jesus should happen in every area of your life. So what portion of your life have you not followed Jesus? Whatever that is today. You know what it is. You know exactly what it is. Whatever that is, please change your target and follow Jesus. Just follow him. That's it. Just follow him. Listen, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple of him, you're going to spend time in his word because this is where his teachings are. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to talk to him. You're going to ask him questions. You're going to pray. You're going to tell him your concerns. So yes, you are going to read your Bible and you are going to pray more, but I want you to understand this. You're, you're following him. And listen, he's going to point some things out in your life and that you're going to have to change and you're going to have to self-deny instead of self-indulge. You're going to have to take some of those things. I'm not trying to say that you don't, you, you're going to have to make decisions but quit thinking that, that following Jesus is this major life-altering. Uh, Listen, it may be, but just simply start by taking the first step and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't know what it will be. Listen, I started following Christ actively at 12 years of age. When I knew that God had called me to something different. I knew it. I was saved when I was four years old. I knew Jesus Christ at four years old, but I started actively following him. Listen, I would have never imagined that I would leave my home, come to Canada, live here, love it here, serve here. Never imagined it. He changed my life. But listen, I didn't just wake up one day at 12 years old and say, I'm going to St. Thomas, Ontario, and I'm going to be a pastor of the church there. And I'm going to lead through COVID and it's going to be awesome. Never once. But listen, I just wanted to follow Jesus. Where he leads me, I will go. So my challenge to you today is, listen, just follow Jesus. What area, what area of your life are you not following Christ? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for the own con the conviction again in my own life. Father, I know that there's much, much still to be said about this simple two words. But today, Father, would you please just convict people, encourage people to just begin following you and allow you to do the transforming work. Father, there's one here listening that doesn't know you as, as personal Savior. They, they, have, they don't even have a relationship with you. They don't even know who you are. 
Father, I pray that today would be the day that they would find out who you are. Father, today would be the day that they accept you as their personal Savior. Their sin stands in the way of a relationship with you. I pray that they would deal with that. Father, you've already paid the penalty for it. I pray that they would open themselves up to the faith that you've already paid. And that they can have redemption through you. Father, I pray for every single one of us, myself included, that every moment, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we would just follow you. Father, we pray all these things in your name. I want to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We simply just want to give you some time. Listen, just, we just want to give you some time to f- start the process. Jesus is calling. He wants every person to follow him. Will you follow him today? We want to give you some time to make that decision.